So we're going to finish up John chapter 7 today, and then we're going to take a break from the book of John for the next four weeks through the season of Advent, and we'll pick back up in January with the beginning of a new year. If you have your Bibles with you, will you turn with me to John chapter 7, where I'll read verses 25 through verse 52. And as always, this is a time to rejoice that we get to hear 27 verses of God's word for our souls. That was a joke, but it's truth too. Some of the people who lived in Jerusalem started to ask each other, isn't this the same man that they're trying to kill? But here he is speaking in public and they say nothing to him. Could our leaders possibly believe that he is the Messiah? But how could he be? We know where this man comes from and when the Messiah comes, he will simply appear and no one will know where he comes from. While Jesus was teaching in the temple, he called out, yes, you know me and you know where I come from, but I'm not here on my own. The one who sent me is true, but yet you don't know him. But I know him because I come from him, and he sent me to come to you today. Then the leaders tried to arrest him, but no one would lay a hand on him because his time had not yet come. Many among the crowds at the temple believed in him, and after all, they said, Would you expect the Messiah to do more miraculous signs than this man had done? When the Pharisee had heard the crowds that they were whispering such things, they and the leading priests sent the temple guards to arrest Jesus. But Jesus told them, I will be with you only a little longer. Then I will return to the one who sent me, and you will search for me, but you will not find me, and you cannot go where I am going. The Jewish leaders were puzzled by this statement. Where is he planning to go, they asked. Is he thinking of leaving the country and going to the Jews in the other lands? Maybe he is going to the Jews, even to the Greeks, to teach them. What does he mean when he says you will search for me and not find me and you cannot go where I'm going? On the last day at the climax of the festival, Jesus stood and he shouted to the crowds, Anyone who is thirsty may come to me. Anyone who believes in me may come and drink for the scriptures declare that rivers of living water will flow from his heart. And when he said living water, he was speaking of the spirit who would be given to everyone believing in him. But the Spirit had not yet been given because Jesus had not yet entered into his glory. When the crowds heard him say this, some of them declared, Surely this man is a prophet, the one that we have been expecting. Others said, He is the Messiah, but yet still others said, But he can't be. Will the Messiah come from Galilee? The scriptures clearly state that the Messiah will be born of the royal line of David in Bethlehem, the village where King David was born. So the crowd was divided about him. And some even wanted to arrest him, but no one would lay a hand on him. When the temple guards returned without having arrested Jesus, the leading priests and the Pharisees demanded, Why didn't you bring him in? We have never heard anyone speak like this, the guard responded. Have you been led astray too, the Pharisees mocked? Is there a single one of us, rulers or Pharisees, who believes in him? This foolish crowd follows him, but they are ignorant of the law, and God's curse is upon them. Then Nicodemus, the leader who had met with Jesus earlier, spoke up. Is it legal to convict a man before he has been given a hearing, he asked. And they replied, are you from Galilee too? Search the scriptures and see for yourself that no prophet ever comes from Galilee. So if you'll remember, we are with Jesus in the middle of the Feast of Tabernacles, the Jewish holiday where they would come together for a period of days and they would remember the way that Jesus or that God had been with them in the wilderness and had provided all of the things that they had needed. 
As we talked about a few weeks ago, the purpose of this festival was to remember God's goodness and God's provision and to be reminded that God has already gone before them and put in place everything that was necessary. But as we learned with Jesus' brothers, the heart of the intention of the festival had changed. That it was no longer about remembering God's goodness or giving thanks to God, but instead it was an opportunity to bring forth the concerns and the desires and the wishes of those in attendance. It was a chance for people to gain notoriety and for them to be able to flaunt the authority that they had as religious leaders or the Pharisees. And so, as Jesus' brothers wanted to go to the festival, Jesus declared that he would not go with them because he understood that their hearts were in the wrong place. So now it's the part of the festival where Jesus is in the temple teaching. And as he speaks, the people that are in attendance couldn't fully agree on who Jesus was. As they would hear him speak, they knew that he spoke words with authority and they knew that he spoke things and did things that they had never seen anyone do But yet they couldn't quite be sure if he was the Messiah. They didn't quite know if he was just a a good teacher or even if he was just a person that seemed to know a lot. And the religious leaders there in attendance didn't even accept the purpose by which Jesus came to preach. As a matter of fact, when Jesus spoke, it made them mad because when Jesus spoke, he didn't speak for the sake of his own authority and he didn't speak calling people to come and to worship at his feet. But instead, what he did was he pointed people to the authority of God and he made sure that he said that all power in which he spoke was given to him by God for the purpose of people understanding that God was sending someone into their midst to bring salvation. So when the people wondered who this person was, Jesus was sure to remind them that his goal was to point them to God. That he did not come for his own selfish ambition. That he did not come seeking that people would turn to him and rejoice in him. But he came to bring people closer to the one who had created them. The one that this festival was about. In the midst of the noise of their lives, the people no longer held God in the middle of their purpose and no longer sought God to be their provider and their sustainer. But everything that they said was based on their certainty of the situation. Each one of them would proclaim that this must not be the Messiah because he doesn't come from the village of King David, the village of Bethlehem. And the Pharisees would say, this man coming from Galilee could not be the Messiah. Would you please pay attention to the scriptures? But you and I know the rest of the story that Jesus was, in fact, born in the village of King David. Just as the prophecy said, he was born in the village of Bethlehem. And also, as the the prophets would say, he came preaching from the land of Galilee. So there were two times, at least were the people that were so certain of what was going on around them were unable to see that the God that they were supposedly chasing after was standing in their midst. And in verse 30, John records that the leaders tried to arrest him, but no one would lay a hand on him because his time had not yet come. Several times throughout the life and the ministry of Jesus, we see where somebody had attempted to do something But yet they were stopped from doing so because it was not yet the time in which God had planted. For us as Christians today, as people seeking to know the purpose and the understanding of life, 
We need to understand that all things happen in God's timing. That when Jesus has given us a promise and Jesus has laid out before us the plan of what it means to be a disciple of Jesus Christ, then there are two ways that we can approach the way that we handled this. We can approach it just as the people here at the festival, being so certain of the things that we know, the things that we take as fact, that we are willing to speak up and we are willing to pursue things on our own time and through our own reason. Or, as we're going to learn as Jesus addresses the crowd, we can respond through faith. You see, when Jesus spoke to the Pharisees and when Jesus spoke to the crowd, he wanted them to know and to understand that it was through belief that he was the Son of God and that he had come in the fullness of flesh to bring salvation, that they would find this living water. It said on the last day at the climax of the festival, this was the day when these religiously pious people would go and take water from this specially um, set apart place and they would lift it high and they would remember the words of the prophet Isaiah and they would say, with joy, we draw water from the wells of salvation. And they would walk through the crowds of people heralding themselves like peacocks saying that we are the people who draw from God's salvation. But their message to the people was not that God was the one that had given salvation. But yet they were the people that were the representatives of God. And then because of so, they should be recognized for the authority and for the power that they had. So as the religiously pious leaders would walk through the crowds proclaiming these words, Jesus would stand up in their midst and he would say, I'm here. This is me, the one that you are talking to. You see, throughout the course of Israel's history, this festival, this life, this call of being God's people had become more about the people that were involved, the things that they knew to be that weren't happening, the things that they knew that God was going to do that they didn't see happen, so they must take it upon themselves to make it happen. And they no longer remembered God for what he had done for them in the wilderness, They no longer gave thanksgiving for the way that God had provided for them. But instead, this festival had become a time when they would shout and they would proclaim that God would once again do the things that he had done. So as Jesus stood in the middle of their noise and in the middle of the chaos, his words that he would proclaim that I am here was to call the people back to remembering that God had never left. That in the middle of their situation and in the middle of their desperation and their desire to see God move, Jesus was saying that God hadn't gone anywhere. As a matter of fact, He was standing there as the very representative of God, promising to fulfill all the things that they would declare the prophets had told them. But Jesus did something different. When the prophets spoke of this one to come, they spoke of one who would not come on his own accord, but would come because God had sent him. Who would come not to proclaim his own message, but to proclaim the message that God had brought forth deliverance. And John wrote this gospel testimony because he was convinced and he believed fully that Jesus was this Messiah. 
And he would believe this because he understood that the message that Jesus spoke was not for his personal gain. He did not ask anyone to bring him riches. He did not ask for anyone to bring him authority and place him in places of rulership. Instead, his message was only about God's glory. And about how the work that he had come to do and the things that he had come to proclaim sent people towards the kingdom of God. And Jesus never spoke for the sake of his own concerns, but yet only the things that God had said he would seek. George Whitfield, the famous preacher, would preach a message on this text to a crowd one time, and he would say, according to John's gospel, the wounds that each one of us experience in life are able to be healed by believing in Jesus Christ as the source of living water. Jesus' invitation to the crowd. It was an invitation for healing. That all the things that they had been worried about in life, all the things that they felt had them oppressed, all the things that they felt were tearing away the life that God had promised them, were able to be healed by the source of living water that was Jesus Christ. So Jesus would declare that I am here If you would just come to me and receive this living water, you will find life to your souls. He invited the thirsty to come and drink. To drink from a well that would quench thirst in a way that they had never known. He would offer the invitation to the people in the crowd and to you and I as we read John's Gospel here today. That if you're tired of trying... If you're tired of working as hard as you can and seeming to always fail at everything you do. If you are tired of not quite feeling as though you were enough to come and to take on a life that Christ offers. One that doesn't depend on things that are temporary, that will end with time, but things that last. Things given from an everlasting source of life. To come and to learn of His ways. And then to realize that in Jesus Christ, the work has already been done. The people that they shouted for the God that once carried their ancestors through the wilderness to return. To release them from oppression. To truly set them apart among the people of the world as the people of God. And Jesus stood in their midst and said, I am here. Today, you and I live in the middle of a world that thrives on oppression. We live in the middle of a world that is a dog-eat-dog world that no matter how much you plan, sickness is waiting. That no matter how many vitamins you take or how much you work out, death is always waiting. That no matter how much you invest in other people, when the time comes, they show you just how much you don't matter. But in the midst of all of that, Jesus is still present. We live in a world that is full of noise. Where we constantly have messages in our ears telling us who we should be and the things that we should pursue. Our eyes are filled with images of things that are declaring our allegiance or declaring our commitment or our devotion. For these people, they had come to... A place of worship. 
For the sake of a tradition in which they were to remember a God who provided and a God who sustained. But they no longer worried about that God. They no longer thought about His goodness or His provision or the life that He gave to their ancestors. But instead they saw it as a chance to make their demands. They decided that instead of doing things the way that God had said, they would do things their way. They had come to a place of worship, worried about what they were going to get. Worried that things would be done the way that they thought they should be done. And they weren't even worried about worshiping Jesus Christ. And the reality of it is for us Christians, sometimes there is so much noise going on in our life. Sometimes we are so certain of things that we think that we know The way things should look, the way things should be, the way things ought to be done. That instead of coming for the purpose of worshiping Christ, we come to make sure that things are done the way that they ought to be done. And when we leave this place of worship, when we finish our day, Christ has no longer been, no more been glorified than he had before we had shown up. But today we can be thankful That even in the midst of all our noise, Jesus Christ is still standing in our midst and He is saying, I'm here. If you would just believe in Me, if you would just listen to the words that I say to you, you will understand that I am the source of living water and that I invite you to a life that draws from an everlasting life-giving source. Jesus invites us to draw near by faith. And he says when we do that, we would receive grace upon grace. But the grace that we receive is not by whether or not we did everything the way that it was supposed to be done. That the grace that we receive is not whether or not we made sure that other people did it the way that it was supposed to be done. But that grace comes from remembering that Jesus Christ came in the fullness of God's Spirit as the example of Jesus, of God's love for each one of us. And that in the midst of our noise, in the midst of our sin, while we were still sinners, Jesus Christ came and He died for us. And in doing so, He offered the gift of the Spirit. The very Spirit of the One who spoke the world into creation, who breathed breath into our lungs, And who orders the events of each day would offer to give that spirit to each one of us. If we would remember and believe in him. Jesus invites us to admit that we are tired. To admit the times that we have tried to control things we have been defeated. And to admit that only in God's righteousness. The righteousness by which each one of us are created. That we find life. And Jesus came to invite us to confess the sin, to repent it, and to find peace. So today we can be thankful that even in the noise of life, the outside sources, the images, the words spoken to us, and the noise within us, the sickness, the loss, the doubt, the anxiety, the depression... Perhaps the perceived way that we think life is going as well as it is. 
even in the midst of all that noise, we can be grateful that the message of Jesus Christ is still loud and is still clear. So I invite you today, and I challenge you, that in the middle of your noise, don't become so certain about things that your desire to know Jesus Christ and your attempts to worship become stagnant and stale. When you come to this place of worship, when you lift up a prayer, do so remembering that it is Jesus Christ, the one who forgave you of sin and who took your place. That is what it means to rejoice and to remember God's goodness. And I challenge you not to become so noisy. So noisy with your schedule. So noisy in the things that you place in your day. And so noisy in who you think you are. That you forget who Jesus Christ is. And that He is the reason for worship. He is the reason that we can worship when things don't go our way. He is the reason that we can worship when we think that we have been successful. And He is the reason that we can worship because He offers eternal life and a well of living water. Will you join me as I pray? Father God, we thank You for the opportunity to be thankful this day. As we enter the week of Thanksgiving and we consider all the ways that You have blessed our lives and all the people that You have placed along our journey, God, may we be most thankful For the person of Jesus Christ, who came in the fullness of your glory and met us in the fullness of our humanity. In the midst of our noise, our arrogance, our inability to believe, he met with us. And he proclaimed that I am here. And if you will only come to me, you can receive water from the wells that never end. God, we ask that you would help us to remember in the middle of our lives that you are the only source of life, that you are the only source of success, that you're the only source of peace and of hope. And help us to chase after you more than we chase after ourselves. We pray all this in the precious name of Jesus Christ. Amen.